0: This is the Relevant Life Church podcast where we are about connecting with God, relating to people and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's word.
1: Good morning. It's happy no mask day. Right? Talk about Independence Day, so yes, we're, we're thankful that you're here. Good morning, it's great to see smiling faces, it's great to see uh, people that we haven't seen for a bit, and welcome, welcome online, hope, you're, hope you come back home soon, we miss you. Uh, today is an amazing day, amen? I forgot to pray for Trenton Alley, they're on vacation, would you just bow your heads? I want to pray for them. God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this team. God, we thank you for their lives, and we ask that you would bless them. God, would you refresh them, strengthen them, renew them, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Trent and Allie are gone today, but we have the best of the best here, so it doesn't matter, right? The rest of the staff is here. They can, they, we can survive without them, right? Yeah. Uh, no, we miss them, so make sure you let them know. Send them a text or whatever. Send them your love. Uh, last week, we had an amazing message. Trent and or, Ron and I, are, I'm, I take credit for it, but Ron is a third, half of the way through chemo. Can you give a <laughs> woot woot for that? Yeah, and uh, She's she's strong and she's here today. She's amazing. Um, watching her watching her do this victoriously doing it very graciously. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support and continue to reach. Would you do so? Uh, it's, it's easy to get lost in the middle of the battle that you're in. Anybody ever been in a battle and you get lost in the middle of the battle? Can I tell you, sometimes you get a little bit lost in there, but we know we have a Jesus that loves us, a God that is there, and we have a body that cares. So thank you so much for that. Last week, uh, Pastor Sassard, Pastor Sassard, David, Charles, Sasser, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I could go on with all of those things, but we won't do so today. He did an amazing message on, uh, on, on evangelism. And I want to remind you uh, that we don't just do evangelism, we be evangelism. Amen? You know, that's, we're talking today about, we've been doing a series about being the church, about being something. And don't, do, don't just go, okay, this is something I do. This is something I be. This is something I am. And today I have the privilege, I didn't get to introduce him last time, but I get, have the privilege of introducing a dear friend as well as a pastor. He is Pastor Larry. And uh, I can tell you this, and I know that he gets bothered when I put him on the spot, but can I tell you that through some of the situations that Rhonda and I have been through, he's been a pastor to me. And I want to thank you for caring. Thank you for carrying the load. Thank you for being sensitive and praying. And Jan, you're a prayer warrior. She is small, but she is mighty. And uh, let me tell you, you know, if you want the devil to flee, get her to pray. And he he runs. Um, Larry runs. Just saying. (laughs) Anyway, would you welcome uh, Larry Tomlinson as he comes to bring the word today?
0: Thank you, Pastor. Very kind words. And I was just going to say when I got up here, you think the devil flees. <laughs> just to ask my granddaughters, who runs our house? <laughs> yeah. Right? So, praise the Lord. It's so good to be here. Happy Independence Day, 4th of July, No Mass Day, all that sort of thing. It's a great day to celebrate as our nation was uh, declared its independence. Uh, 200, almost 250 years ago now. Wow! Uh, if you're like me, if you're old like me, you can remember, you know, bicentennial stuff and things <laughs> like that. This is this is moving along. But I'm I'm excited that uh, you've chosen to be here today or online today and to worship the Lord uh, for your freedom. And Pastor said it well. Our you know, your uh, freedoms that we call American freedoms are really God given freedoms, but they really don't, co- the, the things you list, like right to worship or right to speak, this, they're actually from your right to be free from God. And uh, Jesus came to set us free, and He did a great thing. So thanks for being here today to worship and be blessed. It, it's a real honor, and I say this every time, and I'll probably continue to say it, to, uh, to be able to uh, stand here in the pulpit and speak. Number one, it's, it's a lot of responsibility, and so to be asked to do it is, is an honor. Uh, and, but I also feel like, you know, here I come, and here's Pastor Kevin with his great preaching, and Trenton, and Sassy Sasser, Pastor Sasser, Charles, David, you know that guy over there. Uh, they do a great job, and Allie did a great job. I've heard Bethany preach. It's, it's awesome. And uh, to stand with them, it's is a real honor. Pastor, 20 bucks. Fifty, All right. Hey, we got one more service to go. Hallelujah. That is fantastic. For six weeks now, we're going to work on crash course, right? We're receiving a crash course about being the church. And uh, I just want to just remind us what pastor said is so true. This building is not the church. I'm going over to the church. No, you can't go over to the church. You can go over to the building. Okay. We don't attend church and we don't do church. We are the church. We be the church. We is the church. And I got an English major, so that was hard to do. But nonetheless, that's that. When I go over to the church, I have to go over to Jeremy. You see what I'm saying? I, we're the church together. Right. You're in this with me. I'm in this with you. We are the, according to the scripture, the body of Christ or the, the church is the ecclesia, the called out ones. That's who and what we are. When you leave here, you're not, you're not, uh, leaving the church, a group of people leaving the church. You're the church leaving a building to go spread your influence everywhere. Well, we're going to watch a, a video that was put together and, uh, Let's see, let's go to the B-tube slide first. Let's do that. Okay, so so this was put together. Watch how fast these guys' hands work. <laughs> it might be slightly sped up, just slightly. Uh, but here's your challenge. There's going to be a summary of the crash course come up in words. But if you're like me, you're going to watch that church be built, and you're going to miss what's written. But try to watch what's on the outside. So guys, if you're ready, go ahead with the, with the video. So again, thanks to Jaden and Blake, Blake and Jaden, brothers Anderson. It was was good stuff, wasn't it? And and fast. You know, the Bible calls us living stones, and from now on I'm gonna be a living Lego. So that that that's the thing, man. Put it together. Um, As for a crash course, uh, it doesn't mean this. Let's show this next slide. That that's a course for crashing. That's not a crash course. It does have, we do have the definition though on the next slide. It's a rapid or intense course of study, a course that teaches you a lot of basic facts in a very short time. So that's the definition, and that came from pastor, so we're swinging with that. But let me show you what it feels like. That, okay. Have you ever been uh, gone to a job or something and you, and you come in and say, I'm here for my training and I'm suppose supposed to take all day? He said, We got 15 minutes, you got to get out on the floor. Do this, don't do this. This is how you work to register. This is how you do this, this is how you do that. Make sure you swipe the cards this way. Make sure you greet everybody with a smile. And make sure before they leave, you ask if you can upcharge it. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> you know? And uh, that, that's the way it feels, is getting that, that uh, hose or uh, even a fire hydrant in the face. It's lots of information coming fast. And today, it's going it's to be like that. Now, so buckle up, open wide. I can see you don't have a mask on. I know whether you're opening wide or not, and, and, and let's go. Pastor Kevin introduced this course with, with the whole concept about... Uh, about being the church. If you missed it, I highly recommend you go to the RLC website and you, you watch that sermon and watch Pastor Shasser's sermon too. But he talked about his high impact or, or high tension statement was what? It was, if, what kind of church would my church be if every member were just like me? So I'm, Can we sing that, Julie? <laughs> what would my church be? If <laughs> yeah, right? It works. It's, but it's an accountability thought. It, it holds me to my feet to the fire, as we would say. You know, if all of you left, and there was just a whole lot of Larrys out here, we'd be a sad church, I can tell you that. But, but would we be a growing church? Would we be a teaching church? Would we be a serving church? Would the, would the uh, money counters, me, count any money at all? Would I be a giver? How would that work? So when we look around... And since I'm not the pastor, I can offend you, right? He does it on his own, but I can do it on purpose, and you can go talk to him about me, right? So I'm just going to put it this way, is don't you dare criticize the church until you ask this question of yourself. That's good. That's good. Can I just put it that way? Don't you do it. Don't you come in and say, worship too loud. Well, it would be a better church if you led worship, right? So come on up. Come on up. And, and, and in everything, in everything, it should be that way. You should ask yourself first, am I coming to the same standards I'm holding other people That's to? Good, right? Okay, that was for free, so, so call pastor, don't call me. All right, okay. The next week, Pastor Sasser, last week, He preached on evangelism in church and and the uh, found people, find people. Or paraphrased, if you get saved, you want other people to be saved. You'll spread that word because it's such great news of what God did in your life. And you want other people to know. The word gospel means good news. That's what it means. I got good news. I don't have national news. I don't have local news. I have good news. I have great news and I want to share that. And and that same question comes into what kind of church would my church be if every member shared Jesus just like me? Would it be growing? Would it be exciting? Would it be a good news church? What would it be? So this week, my area of being is uh, to teach, uh, save people, serve people save people serve people and uh, that feels just about like the exciting messages we have on tithing sometimes <laughs> you know uh, we're all busy and there's things to do uh, I want to tell you that this is a really difficult message to prepare and I was sharing with pastor about that and he and he's he's agreeing on not just about this message but about this whole series that Man, I opened up my, my Bible and said, Let's, let me look up those, those things about serving. Well, start with Matthew 1.1 1, 1, and keep going till you get done with Revelation because <laughs> serving is all through the New Testament. It's all about service. And then you can go to the Old Testament and get just as much stuff there too. And so um, I, I just want you to know I edited it and I called and I threw out and I left down and tried to boil it down. And so I think we're going to hold second service about 2 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> Just to get it down to, to this much. And uh, seriously, um, there's just so much, you're going to get fire hose today. I apologize if I speak too fast or if I don't seem clear, uh, because it's a crash course. we got to get you out there, okay? Uh, turn with me to Acts chapter two, verse 42. This is our foundational scripture that kind of is the lead in to the entire course. Acts 2, 42, they, being the Christians, devoted themselves to apostles' teaching and to discipleship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So this is this has got all of these things we're going to talk about: serving, worshiping, uh, the Word of God, uh, uh, evangel. It's all in there. Why do you suppose this new church was enjoying the favor of all the people? You know, it doesn't say just the people of the church. We all like each other. Hey, we can enjoy this. But does Does the ice cream shop across the way or the gas station or the restaurant, do do we enjoy their favor too? That's what this is saying. All the people of Jerusalem were very pleased with what was happening in the church. Maybe it was their hardline evangelism, or maybe it was just the fact they practiced communion and prayer. What do you think? Doesn't seem right to me. Uh, Clearly, they uh, were willing to uh, pray for people and see healings and miracles, it says that. And so maybe the people say, yeah, they do miracles, so we like them. Except when Jesus did miracles, sometimes what did the people say? Pfft, mass hypnosis, demonic dem- demons at work. Yeah. So that can't be why they were, uh, you know, uh, really interested in like this church. I think, I think, my sense is that the original believers claimed that, God loved people and then they backed it up with how they treated people. They served from their heart. They showed the same love for one another and the world that Jesus had showed for them. Clearly they were willing to sacrifice their... The the rich folks said, oh, there's a need over here. I'm going to sell a piece of property. I'm going to come over and and help meet that need. Okay, I'm going to... So clearly they did that, but I think it went well Well beyond that, I think that they showed their love, everybody did, through visible, tangible, pragmatic service to others. Save people, serve people. And they do it from a sense of wholeness, from an integrity of of heart. God made me whole, and he loved me and served me, and therefore, therefore, I am going to give that out. It's not about me receiving, it's about me giving. It's about me touching your heart. And your life. And that's why they had this this sense of, uh, well, let's put it this way. It's love in action. It's faith with deeds that makes people notice. Why do we serve? Why do we do that? Well, number one, our Lord, our wonderful Jesus, he talked a lot about serving. Boy, parable after parable after parable. And But he also, what we say, exemplified it. He showed it. He was an example to us of serving, of everything he did. Um, Not only that, not only did Jesus talk about it and show it, in those teachings, he looked us, his disciples, right in the eye and said, you do this the way I'm doing it. You do this. Now, if he is your Lord, which means boss man, big master, you know, the guy you have to listen to because he does your job review, that sort of thing, you've got a choice here. Yeah. You've got a choice here. Do you do as he says or do you choose your own way? So there's a why right there. Now, that's the hard legalistic sort of, you know, why. But we need to realize that, too, that. Part of the why just comes from, well, I'll talk about this in in a moment, okay? John 13. John 13 is a scripture that is just, as far as I can tell, it just boils down. It's a huge example of this, of why we serve, what we're doing, why we're doing it. And and so I'm going to read a lot of verses here, but I'm going to leave out verses. So I'll try to announce when I take a skip, okay? Um, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now, down to verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, master, boss man. And really, for that is what I am. And now that I, your Lord, master and boss man and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master. That's a shot at Larry. Larry, when you don't want to help, you're saying you're better than Jesus. Yeah, you hear that? I mean, Jesus is so blunt. I, I get the kick out of people that say, "Oh, he was so tolerant and sweet." No, he wasn't. He was like my dad. Oh my goodness, <laughs> he just told it like it was or is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Not if you believe in them. Not if you think you've got a great servant's heart, but by the way, I can't do that, and I can't do that, and I can't do that, and I can't do that. But if you do them, you will be blessed. And then we drop clear down to verse 34. A new command I give you. Notice the word. It's not a sweet word. A command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know, washing someone's feet in those days was considered an extremely hospitable thing to do. But it was usually done by the person with the least social standing, the lowest social standing in the house. If they could afford uh, slaves or servants, it was the one of those guys who was still the bottom of that group right? You go wash feet, because they walked outside with no paved streets, uh, sewage in the streets, garbage in the streets, horses and, well, not horses, but donkeys and other stuff going through the streets, sheep going through the streets. And so when they came into somebody's house, it was considered very polite. You know, we say wipe your feet. They had to clean their feet, literally. And it was done by the guy, and it was the junkiest, awful job. If there wasn't a servant, then guess what? It was the youngest kid in the house who was capable of doing it, something like that. And, uh, and it was considered extremely polite. But it was a dirty and awful job. But here's Jesus, the king of all kings, yes. the Lord of all lords, creator of this world, my savior, stripping down, wrapping up, toweling up, and bowing down to wash their feet. Philippians 2 says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ Jesus. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. The nature of a servant. He didn't just assume servanthood. He became a servant in his heart. It says in the book of Acts, everywhere he went, he went about doing good, the nature of a servant. And then later in that same chapter, in chapter 2, it says, therefore, well, it says he, became, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth. This Jesus is bowing and washing Peter's dirty feet. And when he's done, he's got James' feet and John's feet. Everybody's, Judas' feet. Jesus washed everybody's feet. I wonder, that question you know about me being the church, if Jesus attended this church and we were being the church, do you think Jesus would clean the toilets and when somebody got sick and vomited out there in the lobby, do you think he'd go get the mop and clean up? Yes. Oh, no. no. No, no. He'd be up here preaching. and just he, he's, he's Jesus. No. No, I'm telling you what. He'd help count the money in the back room where nobody ever saw him count the money. You know what? If he was on the worship team, he'd say, you know, you're doing really well today. I'll just sing back up. That's the Jesus nature. That's That's what we're dealing with. That's the person we're dealing with. Why do we serve? Because I want to be like Jesus, and his power flows through people who are like him, who are attempting to be like him, who are growing into him. No, I'm not there yet. Paul made that clear, and we're all not there yet. But if I'm growing to be like him, then when someone comes and says, can you help or would you help? You should only have one answer. You should only have one answer. Now, maybe you can't. Trenton will never come to me and say, Larry, would you be on the worship team? I have some disabilities that way. And a one and a three and a two and a four and a five. That, that would be me. But I want to tell you the opposite is just as true. Your talents are not a limit to your service. I'm really good at singing, so I don't go back there where they need help with children. We, we got it? Again, you can call pastor. Don't call me. Okay. But, but, but nonetheless, Jesus set the example for us. He makes it clear that to, that to be his disciple... We need to follow that example. As he served, so should we. We, you know, we serve to be like him. This helps us grow into him. And in Ephesians 4.11, it says basically that Christ gave all these people to help us grow in the Lord. Right? That that's, that, that's the plan. The pastors and the prophets and evangelists. But why? To equip people for works of service. Yeah. And why? So that we could become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So when I serve, I get to be more like Jesus. Oh, but I want to be in the service. I don't want to be upstairs with the kids. But you're growing to be like Jesus. You know, you're in here vacuuming. You're growing to be like Jesus. Okay? This this is why we serve. God's goal is for us to have such harmony with him that we become like him that we love like he loved and serve like he served. Jesus taught that the God life is found in giving up rather than in trying to accumulate it. The giving up, the being willing to serve, giving up of myself. Uh, it says so in, uh, in Matthew 16. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Only the blood of Jesus. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. And we serve God by serving others. This is really important on the why side, too. In Colossians uh, 3, 23, it says all this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. This was said directly to slaves. And, uh, and then it says that the last phrase, It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So I, when I come up and the pastor says, uh, Larry, can you go to the hospital for me? And, and that's what, what I do, one of the things I do for the church. Uh, the, answer, the answer is yes. But when I go to the hospital, I'm not just serving the person in the hospital, and I'm not serving Pastor Kevin, even if it helps him uh, for his schedule, right? So that we can get people loved and blessed on, and he can still be doing other stuff, right? It's called delegation. I'm serving Jesus Christ. And he, he is a better boss than Kevin. And he holds me with higher accountability than Pastor Kevin does. So, you, so why do you serve? Because of Jesus. Why? So how, who do we serve and how do we serve? It's important to get this. Uh, so we move to Luke 10. Luke 10 has in it the parable or the story, the narrative of the uh, Good Samaritan. You, you all know the Good Samaritan, yeah. right? You got it? Maybe you don't. So we're, we're going to throw it up on the screen here. Probably lots of slides. I may jump through it, but we'll, we'll try to get there. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Now, this, this test Jesus thing, you start to scoff. And say, no, in, in the Jewish, in the rabbinical tradition and everything, this question that he asked started every debate every rabbi ever had. It is. It was. It was the. If you don't know this from preschool, then there's no sense talking to you. Okay. Two plus two equals four. And if you say five, then then you've already blown it. Okay. So he. So he said, teacher. He said, what What must I do to inherit life? And Jesus answered back a standard answer. Well, what's written in the law? He says, how do you How do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Okay? He wanted to, he wanted to limit who he had to love. He wanted to make it easy for himself. In reply, Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. And I'm going to kind of not read here, but just kind of run through it. The man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. I've been there, a few, I've been to Israel twice. I've been up and down this road several times. If you think of Eastern Oregon, if you think of my hometown Condon, which you've never been to, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's high desert. And it's these rounded uh, lava hills going down into draws and canyons. And the Judean wilderness, not the Judean wil- desert, but the Judean wilderness, it looks just like this. I thought I was back in eastern Oregon. Uh, and you go down from Jerusalem to, to Jericho. It's all downhill, all in a canyon, draws and other canyons off to the side. And that's why you got robbed, because the robbers would hide in the, in the draw and, in, and then ambush you if they thought that they could get away with it. And so this guy's going down there. He gets attacked. He gets robbed, beaten up very badly, laying there bleeding, probably dying. And along comes a priest, and the priest, for his reasons of self-righteousness, says, I got to skip. I'm not going to help this guy. And a Levite, who's like an associate pastor, he does the same thing. <laughs> These two birds are really in trouble from <laughs> for this over here. But that's the concept of it, is the, the priest, you know, I've got, to be, I've got to be clean. I can't touch anything that's like that. And Levite, I've got to be clean. I've got my things to do. But along comes a Samaritan, and he finds the guy, and he stops, and he, he says, wow, this is, it takes pity on him, it says. And what does he do? He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have then Jesus says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert in the law didn't want to even say the guy's name, say who it was, Is the man who had mercy on him. Jesus said, go and do likewise. More than once, Jesus said do. Two-letter word, do. Do likewise. In this narrative, the Samaritans were hated by the Jews, and the Jews hated the, I mean, and the Samaritans hated the Jews. It was Republicans and Democrats, I'm telling you. It was worse than that. It was a real bias because the Jews considered the Samaritans to be a corrupt form of their own religion and had worshipped pagan gods and brought that pagan worship in. And if you read the Old Testament, you will find out how all that happened and the Assyrians and the Babylonians and all sorts of stuff. And by the way, the 10 tribes that are lost, you'll hear people say there's lost 10 tribes, they never got lost. I've got biblical evidence to prove they never got lost, okay? Okay. So, but those 10 were the ones that became the Samaritans. And then, and so they hated each other. And uh, yet it was the Samaritan, not the man's own people, not the priest and, and the Levite that he belonged to. It was the Samaritan that went and helped the guy. He's the one who crossed that cultural divide to make a difference. Jesus' message was pretty simple. Godly people find neighbors to serve wherever there's a need. They don't, they don't look at color. They don't look at uh, sexual orientation. They don't look at male-female. They don't do anything, anything like that where there's a need. They serve and they love. And by the way, you can use the word serve and love together. They're synonyms in this case. They're, they're, they're bound together. Loving people we like is no problem. Jesus said that. But it doesn't reveal God's character in us. It does not reveal God's character in us. You know what? This thing is in my way because I want to walk over and say, it doesn't reveal God's character in us. It doesn't. Because God's character, as we saw earlier, the nature of Jesus was to love people who didn't even love him yet. His own enemies he loved. He cared for. Um, Here's some scriptures real quick. But God demonstrates his own love for us. This is Romans 5.8. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You didn't get saved and then get saved. He died, then you got saved. 1 John 4.10. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And there's more, that we need to love one another. While I was still a hostile sinner, Jesus died for me. And I was. I was arrogant, I was prideful, I was humanistic, I was atheist, or agnostic at least. And then that little short piece of dynamite came into my life and told me, like it was, that Jesus loved me. And out of the blue, I realized I needed him. But you see, he died 2,000 years before I came to him. For me, and for you. So we love everybody. Matthew 5, Jesus told us to go the second mile, turn the other cheek, didn't he? He also said said to uh, uh, pray for our enemies. Service is what Jesus does, and service is our goal. I missed a slide. Maybe they already hit it. I'm sorry, guys, gals back there. I want to say this. The same Jesus who said love one another also said love your enemies. Love one another also said love your enemies. So let's look at some things here. Oh, Sometimes these things slide around on you. You ever heard that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How do we serve? Number one. The Samaritans stopped what he was doing to help this victim. He set aside his own agenda so that he could minister. Serving means having your schedule changed and reprioritizing what is important to do in life. You can't help the children with their particular um, children's church and still sit down here. You got to stop what you're doing, Okay, You can't ush the same way. the uh, staff and worship team and everyone were here at 7.30 in the morning. Usually I'm just kind of brushing my teeth at 7.30 in the morning, you know, getting ready to come at 9 o'clock. You, the Samaritan stopped on his, his agenda of getting where he was going, and then he prayed. Have you ever noticed how many times Jesus stopped? You ever think about that? Read, read your Bible and look, just look for, for when did Jesus stop? He stopped for the paralytic. Thank goodness we couldn't see the paralytic crawling along behind him, could we? But he stopped. He stopped preaching when they let him one, one down through the roof. He stopped at the, at the, at the Pool of Salome for another one. He stopped for a, a funeral procession and stepped in and, and raised a, an only son for a widow. He stopped for, Mary, or for Martha when she was upset. He stopped for Zacchaeus in a tree. Stop for blind Bartimaeus Jesus stopped for you when you called out on him called him into your heart he stopped right there I'm going to deal with you and if you want to be a service how, how, how do you serve you stop what you're doing and you start doing something else okay uh, the Samaritan gave of his own resources to serve the victim it doesn't have to be money. I'm not talking about just giving your dollars. That can happen as a service. That, that, that may be a whole other sermon, okay? But it has to be your time and attention and your talents. Whose wine did he, as an antiseptic, did he pour over those, that man's wounds? Whose balm, whose, 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 whose lotion did he put on? What bandage did he use? What donkey did he use? He used his resources, is what I'm saying. He used his resources. He took the man and used his money to help him stay. So when you, when you, how do you serve? You serve how do your, the resources of your heart. Okay. You have to be vulnerable in that way. C.S. Lewis said this, To love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies, and little luxuries, and PlayStations, and you know, social media, and and, uh, your favorite uh, cookie place. Make sure you wrap it up well. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The love is to be vulnerable. In other words, when someone asks you to help or you see a need, you're going to have to give out of yourself. But that's when love grows. That's when Jesus grows. That's when good things happen for one another. Finally, this... And, and this is my last point so any, any people who are supposed to be coming up here you come on up okay the Samaritan was faithful in his service he didn't just leave the victim at the inn. he planned to return to check on the costs, and I believe in hopes of checking on the progress of the health of the man who was robbed how wonderful is it when we can be labeled as faithful as faithful you know how many of you like to see a shooting star isn't it rare but you look at me and you, and you like to see him don't you but I am so thankful for stars that stay where they belong. Uh, anybody, any leader in church, not just a pastor, but any, any uh, person who leads a, a ministry can tell you they've had shooting stars. Oh, pastor, let me help with this. Oh, leader, let me help with this. I'm going uh, uh, to work as an usher. And they come and they're very good at it. And then the next thing you know, they don't show up. And then they have an excuse. And then they're a shooting star. Oh, I'm so thankful for stars that are faithful. And even Jesus, didn't he say this? Didn't he say that, uh, you know, enter into the joy of your... Why? Because you've been faithful in many things. You've been faithful. So enter into my joy. Jan did a little research for me. And... uh, she thinks by looking at the ministry list and everything around here, it takes about 35 to 40 people to put on Sunday morning, both services. And that's not counting these guys twice or pastor twice or sasser, pastor sasser twice, you know, it's, it's, it's litter. So if you counted them twice, you might have 60 people. And if we have 200 people in these services, 40 people, that's, that's 20% just to do this. And that doesn't count Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, uh, doing bookkeeping, all those sorts of things that go on during the week. Visitation to the hospital, it doesn't count any of that. And I will say this confidently because I'm a ministry team leader. I will say this confidently there's not one ministry team leader that would tell you that they have enough people to fill their schedule out. There are places for you. There are places for you. We need more ushers. We need more children's workers. We need more prayer workers. We need more people to go to the hospital. We need more singers and instrumentalists and everything. The only thing we don't need is another pastor. Keep it that way, buddy. Okay? So, I'm just telling you, there's a place. And I don't think you should limit your service to the church. Didn't we just do overflow, and wasn't that wonderful, and we made a lot of difference? But I'm telling you this right now, there are, Jesus told us to be salt and light in the world, not in these four walls, but in the world. And if, you, if, this, if people in this church would say, I'm gonna pick an organization like the hospital, the police department, the parks department, a uh, women's shelter, uh, the mission, uh, the you know animal shelters whatever and you just did a couple of hours a week you would take overflow and you would massively move its impact out if you did it on a faithful basis month to month just a couple three hours it would make it would make a huge difference so you don't have to serve in sunday school you serve somewhere but do it from your heart to be like jesus Oh, remember those words of Jesus well done and good and faithful servant. And then he said, enter into the joy of your Lord. These are words to be, to exist for, to live for, and to strive for. Well, so on my last slide here go on, go on to that. What kind of church would my church be if every member served just like me? So for that song, Julie, you've got more than one stanza you could do here. But but again, I wish they, you know, I wished we would leave out, I wish they out of our vocabulary. Why don't I would be a great, great way to live our lives, wouldn't it? Remember this, when you serve, you're not just affecting the people you're serving. I think there's eyes on you. I think people will grow because of your service. People will think, I could help, I could do that, or they might even pray for you so that the Holy Spirit would work through you. You're doing more than that. Well, okay, so there it is. What would this church be like if they served like me? I'm thankful we have so many great servants already in this church, but if, if you need a place, all you gotta do is walk up to any ministry leader and say, I think maybe I would I could help and if you have a true servant's heart you don't complain about where they put you or what they did how they want you to do it you just say let me serve you let me serve let me serve and and it's up to you don't expect all of us ministry leaders to chase every one of you down tackle you and say can you do it can you do it would you help instead you got a servant's heart you got Jesus in your heart approach someone and say can I help can I, can I do something? Can I do anything? Some of you are going to be in front of people. Some of you are going to be behind the scenes. Really does not matter. It will go with your talent levels. Go beyond your talent levels. It's great. Will you please bow your heads with me so I can pray. Prayer team, if you want to come now, that would be great. Heavenly Father, we just come in Jesus' name. And it's so hard. Our own nature says, do things for myself. That's the way I am. I want it done my way, and I I, I want people to wait on me. But Jesus, you showed a total counterculture to that. You were truly a revolutionary, Lord. You came and turned it upside down and said, I'm God, and I'm showing you the right way to do it, the loving way to do it. Help us, Lord, to comply with that. Help us, Lord, to come in our hearts and to, to say, I'll serve, Lord. I'll serve you. And that means I'll serve others. Lord, I ask your blessing on all the people who are serving. There's sound people right now and video people, Lord. There's instrumentalists up here, Lord. There's people with children, God. There's all sorts there's ushers, there's all sorts of things happening. And I ask you to bless them and anoint them to be even greater servants for you. And I don't mean worn out servants. I just mean that their impact would, would have, uh, would be of even greater level, Lord. And I pray for people here who, who always wish they could help, but maybe were hesitant, maybe had an insecurity, maybe didn't know who to ask. I pray that you'd just give them the, the courage and the bravery to overcome that fear, Lord, and let the Holy Spirit help them find a place for them so they can be more like Jesus too. And so there can be a greater impact in this world. I thank you for all of that. And I ask your blessing in that. Now with your heads still in prayer, bowed down, or I don't care if you lift your head, I want to tell you this, you can't serve like Jesus served unless you know Jesus Christ. And it's really simple to know Him because by the Holy Spirit's power, He's available to every person in the entire world to, to uh, get into your life, to, to, to save you, to redeem you, to turn you from your rotten, selfish ways to your wonderful, holy ways of God and to grow you from one place to another place. He's available and all it takes is for you to say, I want you in my life and forgive me for ignoring you, Lord. That's all it takes and so you can be a servant but first start with the servant let him cleanse you let him love you he loves you so much he died for you he will work in your life he's an amazing amazing god and i wouldn't serve another one never ever because he's full of grace and truth so lord for anyone who's making a a heart call to you right now i pray that you answer them answer them in in a really tangible way in their hearts and their life and through circumstance. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your care. We ask your blessing in Jesus name. Amen. So I want you all to be blessed this 4th of July. I do have one request. If you live near my house, please stop the fireworks at 12.05. I really want to sleep after 12.05. Okay. If you need prayer, we have uh, Melvina and Jan up here, our prayer team, to pray for you and some of you do. So please come and the rest of you be blessed. Have a great uh, Independence Day. And if you're off Monday, enjoy that day too. God bless you all.
1: Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church.
0: Our hope, is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.